This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I am Jeff Rubin, here today on Skype on the phone with Christine Papke. Christine, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I am great. Thanks for doing this. Uh, Christine, you are uh, a world-class cornhole player. Um, can you give us a sense of what your cornhole resume looks like, some of your achievements in cornhole? Um, well, I would say like probably one of my first accomplishments is, um, I had a female partner, Stacia Pugh and I, that actually, um, we actually were the first female team to get team of the season, um, a couple years ago. So that was huge for us. Um, and I would say since then, I mean, for the ACO, I won the women's two years in a row. And so of course for the ACL this last season, I, Got on ESPN for the finals, so that was exciting. But yeah, it's it's been a lot of exciting stuff lately. So, and the ACL is correct me if I'm wrong here. The American Cornhole League, right? Yes. And yes. before we get much deeper into that, um, there's probably most people have not heard of the American Cornhole League, but there's probably even some people who have never heard of cornhole. So for those, <laughs> um, we should explain what the game is. I'm going to uh, read the Wikipedia definition of cornhole just to make sure we're all on the same page here. Okay. Uh, Wikipedia says cornhole is a lawn game in which players take turns throwing bags of corn or bean bags. I've only really seen it with bean bags. Bean bags is, is uh, at a raised platform with a hole in the far end. So you're throwing bean bags at a raised platform uh, with a hole in it. A bag in the hole scores three points, while uh, while one on the platform scores one point. Play continues until a team or player reaches or exceeds the score of 21. Is that your understanding of the game of cornhole? Yes, that is the basics. <laughs> well, how long have you been playing? Like, when did you start playing this game? Um, I started in 2009, um, well, playing competitively 2009. We started just like anybody else in the backyard, playing it at cookouts and all that, and we're very interested in it and uh, found out that there were actually leagues in the Cleveland area. So we had joined um, the first league in fall of 2009. And for a couple of years, I just did it more as a fun social, you know, you go hang out with people and have fun. And then um, 2013, I kind of got into a way more competitively. <laughs> so I started practicing a lot and getting a lot better at the game and started competitively playing around the country. So. so you've been playing since 2009, which I feel like is a while in cornhole terms because to me, and this is my perception, I'm curious if you agree, um, it seems like cornhole has actually gotten a lot more popular over the past, I don't know, four or five years or so. Like It seems like it's, it's sort of having a moment then. Do you, do you perceive that to be true or has it always been this popular to you? Uh, no, it's definitely becoming more popular. Even the national stuff that we've played in has grown a lot over the past, like, three or four seasons because um, we actually, I mean, we go out to play even, like, out in the West Coast now. So even, like, California, Nevada, Arizona, everybody out there is starting to play it too. So, I mean, it's it started out more on the East Coast, and, it, well, it actually originated in the Ohio, Kentucky area, but then it hit, like, mostly the East Coast, but nobody on the West Coast was playing it. But, yeah, over the last, I'd say, three or four seasons, a lot of new states have gotten into it, and 
Yeah, it's definitely growing a lot, and the ESPN thing is going to help significantly. Yeah, do you have any idea why that is, why the game is growing? I think more people are finding out about it, and more people are finding out that they, you know, there's actually a whole different level to it. Like, a lot of people, you know, just play it in the summertime in their backyard, and that's fun. And that's fine, because we still have a lot of people that, even that we play with, that still like to do that. They don't necessarily like to play against us anymore, but <laughs> they still like to play in their backyard. But, I mean, even, like, our Cleveland Cornhole Leagues have grown significantly. So, but we have, like, a bunch of different divisions. So, I mean, it could be anywhere from us, which is the more, you know, competitive cornhole players, all the way down to a social level, which are still the people that just, you know, want to come out and drink a few beers and play cornhole and socialize and have fun one or, once or twice a week. So, I mean, it's a whole wide range, and I think that's helping, too, because you've got to keep the social players in it, too, because not everybody wants to get super competitive at the game like we do. So I think it's helpful to have the different levels and, you know, like the social players don't want to play against us. It's not fun for either one of us. So we have like a lot of different divisions where you just play the people that are similar to you. But have you ever hustled one of the social players, you know, like maybe throw the first game and then like come back <laughs> storming in the second? Um, depends where you're at. In, in our league setting, not so much. But when you go to bars and local tournaments, yeah, it's kind of fun to get the unsuspecting person who, especially in like our case with like Station I, we would walk up and generally speaking, women are not as good at this game as men are. So yeah, it's, it's, we've had a few fun times where we've, you know, walked up and they think, oh, they're throwing against a couple girls. Well, eh. well why, I mean, there's not, there's no like, why is it, do you think that women are perceived to be worse at the game or are less interested in the game? I think there's just, yeah, there's not as many females that play it. And I think, I don't know, from my perspective, like, I don't know, females don't always seem as competitive as men do. I mean, there's a small group of us that are very, very competitive, but I think women have their own interests and priorities. And the ones that want to get good at the game are getting good at it. I mean, there's a handful of us that can compete with the men and, you know, they know it and we know it and it's great for all of us, but you know, and I think too, when you first start out playing as a female, it, like a lot, this is what I hear from a lot of people. Like they'll get, you know, they'll get better playing against the women, but then they're scared to go play against the guys. Like they think they're just going to get, you know, their butts kicked and they're not going to have a chance. And I'm like, well, you're, I mean, you might lose at first, but once you get better at the game, you'll keep getting better and they'll know it. And so, I mean, I think it's kind of, I don't know, there's, several parts of it. I think, you know, you got to find the women that are competitive to begin with, because you've got to have that competitive nature, you know, but then you also have to not be scared once you get to a certain level to go and throw against the men because you can, I mean, there's nothing that's stopping us. It's not like it's baseball or football or basketball or, you know, there's nothing that's stopping us from being just as good as they are. Where does your competitiveness come from? Did you play sports before you played cornhole? Yes, I actually, I used to be a runner. Ah, <laughs> uh, so it's, it's coming into focus yeah, now. Yeah, junior high, high school, college, after college, I ran. So, yeah, but then, you know, running's hard. It's hard on your body. Yeah, and Everything started to hurt, <laughs> and I needed to find something else I wanted to be competitive at. And I'm, you know, I don't know, stuff like volleyball, basketball, that I'm not really good at. So something like this is actually perfect for me because, like I said, I can feel like I can 
get to a point where I can compete with anyone, which is good. <laughs> so this is probably the moment in your career that is the most interesting to me is when you go from like casual Cleveland cornhole league player. I think everyone can imagine, you know, maybe you join a kickball league or, you know, you join a fun sports league to socialize and have fun and get out and do something. I think I can wrap my head around that. But this moment when you're like, I'm going to start competing in this seriously. Do you remember when you first heard that there was a American Cornhole League and that there were serious cornhole tournaments? Um, I, yeah, I did. And it wasn't actually that long after I started playing in the leagues. But And I tried. I mean, I, you know, I would go and I would play and I would lose and lose and lose and lose and keep coming back. And, and it was fun. I mean, I had a good time, but it still wasn't really in my head something that I thought, oh, I want to just get really good at this and beat everybody. No, it took a few more years of, you know, getting my butt kicked constantly to, <laughs> to get to that point. I did. I had a couple moments where I even like playing singles. I'm like, I don't even want to do this because I'm like, I'm tired of going out there and just losing all the time, you know. But then I don't know, like it was, <laughs> I'll attribute it to, a breakup <laughs> and X and I broke up and all of a sudden I had all this free time and I'm like, you know what? I really love this game. I should actually start practicing more and see how it goes. And then, you know, Stacia had gotten into it, which was another female. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, she's doing pretty good. I'm like, why not, you know, really put some focus into this and try to get better at this game. Like you're pretty good at it and you're not even like, trying to be that good at it <laughs> if you actually start trying this could go really well <laughs> so i just dove in head first just started playing like five days a week at least and practice i mean like if you're trying to get better at this game that's the first thing you need to do you just need to play a lot because you got to get that muscle memory down and get that practice in what was or what is the appeal of cornhole to you? Why is it a game that you were able to throw yourself so deeply into? Like, what what is the appeal of the game to you, and what is it that makes it so rich? I don't know. It's kind of you know, when I was younger, obviously the running thing was great because I could do it, and I was young and I could run you know ten miles, and that was great. But once I got to the point where everything started hurting from that, I'm like, I need to find something that's more, you know, a little calmer, that's not quite as stressful on your body. And you could, it's a social thing. It really is. Like you have a lot of fun and you meet a lot of people and it's great. And you can have a couple of drinks while you're playing. So <laughs> but, but why, why not? I don't know. I guess I was going to say horseshoes, but there's probably not a Cleveland horseshoes league. Certainly not one that's. Yeah. I have never played horseshoes in my entire life. And a lot of people, People actually that play cornhole have either played horseshoes or have bowled. I did bowl for a very short time in a couple leagues, but I wasn't really very good at it. So, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It was a, it was, it was just kind of. The, it started out like I said, like everyone else, as a backyard kind of fun thing, and it just seemed like I don't know. It felt like I was kind of like maybe a little bit naturally good at it to begin with. So. It was something where I thought, okay, like I said, if I'm not even practicing and I'm kind of pretty okay at it, if I start practicing, I could get really good at it. So I don't know. I guess everybody finds different things that they are interested in, and it just you know hits a spark where you're like, oh, I kind of like this. <laughs> and like I said, I'm not really good at volleyball or any of those kind of things, so that was never. <laughs> Walk me through uh, the tournament format. Like, what is a cornhole tournament? Is it a bracket thing? Like, how 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 does one win a cornhole tournament? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a bracket. Like, for a lot of, like, our big events, they're all what you would say is seated. So, like, you have, like, rankings. So, the your, like, the tournament bracket will be wait seated minute, based on everyone. How do you, how do you okay, get a cornhole ranking? And who assigns your cornhole ranking? Um, that is when you first start playing in one of the national organizations, like, as you play in different events. So, you there's a lot of different levels of events. Like, we'll have monthly regionals which is just in your area so we'll have like a cleveland regional like you know like somebody in columbus will have a columbus regional and so forth and so you'll gain points on that so like with you through you finishing in this tournament based on their i mean every different cornhole organization has different point assignments for things and you'll gain points for where you finish in these tournaments and all your rankings will gather up throughout the season as a total, and that will be your final ranking. So, but like we have like the monthly regionals, which are just like local, and then you'll have the bigger like major events, which are more on a you know national level. But a lot of them will be more like you know like they'll have some like out in the West Coast for like the West Coast people. They'll have some on the East Coast, some South. So. A lot of people have opportunities to go so they don't have to travel really far away. And then you'll have like the big end of the season events, which are what we had in July for both of them. And that's where everybody comes to it. So, but yeah, like when you, when you participate in all these different events throughout the season, you gain points in all of them, which goes towards your ranking. Are these, we're talking about national events. We're talking about the American Cornhole League. Is Cornhole still an American game, or is there also a European Cornhole League and so forth? Um, the ACL, I think, is trying to start more of an international focus on it. So I think they actually did start, like I would have to go back and look on the website or whatever because I don't know the exact thing. But I think there's like they're starting like a world cornhole organization because I think throughout a lot of this last month and a half, two months, especially with the July, like the Cobbs down in um, North Carolina, uh, there was a lot of stuff posted on Facebook Live, and there were like a lot of people all over the world like watching the videos. So it's kind of, I think that eventually that's the goal is to get it to that point. But as of right now, it's none of the events that we've ever had have had anybody except for you know, United States. So how big is the tournament? Like how big, how many, how many competitors are there at the, at the I'm just trying to get us uh, trying to picture this thing. And I guess, um, I, you can look it up online. If you, if you really want to picture it, there is video of it. ESPN broadcast. So you, you can go look it up online, but it doesn't give me a sense of like how many people competed and how, uh, how big the tournament itself was. Um, it kind of depends. It depends what level it's at. Like the regional events, like we'll get, you know, probably 60 players at ours. Um, but that's also divided into a couple different divisions. Like the big, like major events that they have all over the country, I would say it could be anywhere from 100 to 400. Depends on the area and how many people they get. Like the big national events at the end of the season could easily get, you know, three, four, five hundred people. So, and what is the prize? What do you, what do you actually get for winning? Um, <laughs> this is always the fun question. Um, well, it kind of depends on how many people you have participating and what organization you're playing in and 
like a lot of places will have side pots. You can put in extra money until they try to win money. So it kind of depends. I mean, like the big events at the end of the season usually have a lot of money. So the July events, like, like the ACL, like Cobbs that we just played in July, I think it was total like 50,000 in payouts, but that was distributed between several different events. So it wasn't just one person got 50,000, you know, you said Cobbs a few times. What is Cobbs? Uh, championship of bags. Perfect. I That's love what it. they call their end of the season. Yeah. That's like the world <laughs> series. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Um, That's what got us on ESPN, too. So, <laughs> What's the difference between a cornhole game that I might play with my friends while tailgating very casually, we're throwing the beanbag into the hole, and a cornhole game I'm going to watch on ESPN at the championship of bags? Like, How is the game being played differently? Is, is it a different game? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a different game. I mean, you'll see, like, when you watch backyard cornhole players throw a lot of them don't even throw a flat bag like it'll just be you're just trying to get that bag to the hole any which way you can get there and wait um, just throw a flat bag what does that mean exactly yeah it's like you want to keep it, but i want to make sure yeah like i don't know it's hard to describe how it is like like think about throwing a frisbee you're not gonna like topple the frisbee on top of itself until you get down there like you're gonna try to throw it flat and put some spin on it right right so you want when you throw a bean bag in cornhole you want it to be basically level you don't want it to be wobbling around every which way. no no and you do, you definitely don't want it to be rolling over itself and like you don't want to throw it like crumple it like a lot of people will crumple it up into a ball and try to throw it you don't want to do that like you lose your consistency because once the bag lands you never know where it's going to hit and where it's going to roll right. so yeah you want to try to get that flat bag so that you can start to predict like how it's going to how it's going to move when it lands so do you have uh, any sort of bag preference? You like them overstuffed, understuffed, doesn't matter, any brands or anything? Well, that's actually another good topic because um, the two different organizations we play in, one of them is still they provide the bags, and the other one, the ACL, has started to, has gone to you bring your own bag. So there's a lot of different bag manufacturers out there, and it's, you know, it's a lot of just trying different bags and figuring out what you like. I mean, there's a lot of us, you know, that, like, obviously the newer bags are the double-sided bags. They're not corn in them. They're the silicone, the pellets, the beads, the whatever you want to call them. And it's a double-sided. So you have a side that's a little bit slicker and a side that's a little stickier. So a lot of people have preferences to what side of the bag they throw, like what kind of bags they like. I mean, that's a huge question to get into because right now with the bring-your-own bags, everybody is trying to figure out what bags they want to throw with and <laughs> preferences. Even me, I'm in the middle of trying to figure it out too. So. So wait, wait, wait. There's so many there's so many different bag manufacturers out there now and they make the bags all a little bit differently. So <laughs> So we you just dropped a lot that I want to go go over. I know. Yeah. The, um, so some bags give you a little control, one side slick, one side sticky. Is that one player would use slick the whole time because that's their preference or is it a situational thing where the layout is such that it calls for a sticky type throw? Uh it's actually a little bit of both. Um, I, I personally am a slide side. I like to slide my bag. I have a nice like loft on my bag. I like to slide it. And 
um, push and all that. Like the, a lot of people that will prefer the sticky side are a lot of people that have more of the low hard throw and they put a lot of spin on their bag. So like most people have a preference over what side they prefer. Now you can use both sides in certain circumstances. So like even in the case of people that do like to throw sticky side when they're trying to push a bag, it's easier to push with the slide side because you can get through the bag a lot better. So, and like airmail, stuff like that. Like if you're just going up to hit an airmail, a lot of people will throw the sticky side just because if you miss the hole a little bit, it'll stick onto the board a little better. And an airmail yeah. air is like a swish, like you're just going straight into the hole? Yes, yes. Now, and it's a very important shot in the game. <laughs> now, help me out here, because don't you want all your shots to be air holes? Don't you want all your shots to just go in the hole? Isn't that how cornhole works? No, not necessarily, because it's, I mean, it's hard to master an airmail shot, and nobody really would ever just use that shot all the time because your consistency is not going to be as effective. So, I mean, you want to be good at an airmail when you need it because when you need it, you have to shoot it and you have to make it or when you're trying to drag a bag in or whatever. But there's, I mean, there's a lot of different shots from like, you know, a lot of people will slide a bag and just leave it in front of the hole and try to push it or that that's, and that's the other difference when you get into the difference between backyard players and competitive players. There is a lot of strategy in this game, actually. Nobody, nobody thinks at first when they're watching it, they're like, oh, do you just want to put the bag in the hole? Well, you do. I mean, that's your end goal. If you can't put the bag in the hole, you're going to lose. <laughs> but there's lots of different ways to put that bag in the hole and a lots of different ways to stop your partner from putting theirs in the hole. <laughs> so what is like a strategic quandary you might have faced at the championship of bags? Like what does the strategy at in high level cornhole actually look like? I mean, like I said, it's a lot of like, I'm a slide player. So I will, if, if I can, I will slide the bag in, whether it means sliding through a bag, sliding around a bag, whatever I can do. If the hole is open, that's fantastic because I can just slide it right up the middle every time. But when bags start to get in the way, then you have to figure out what you want to do. Do you want to try to, if that person has a bag in front of the hole, do you want to try to block them? Do you want to try to slide through them? Do you maybe want to just airmail over it and hope they miss? Like there's when when bags start to get in the way, there's a lot of different strategy that comes into play and that's and that's, you know, a lot of that is based on what kind of player you are too because a lot of people are, you know, some players are more aggressive than other players. I'm not a super aggressive player, so in that case, I probably wouldn't just shoot the airmail over the top and leave their bag sitting there. I would try to either block it or push through it. or. But other people might just keep shooting airmails right over the top and hope they miss. And So it kind of it kind of depends on what kind of player you are and how aggressive you are to decide what shot you're going to try at a given time. But for me, I'm a traditional slider, so I like to slide those bags right up the middle in the hole. So... You can try to get in my way, and then I'll have to figure out what to do with it. <laughs> is there a particular strategy that is difficult to play against as a slider? Yeah, the people who block really well. Yeah, because, I mean, that's their whole goal is against somebody who slides the bags in a lot is to block the hole on you because then, then they're making you decide what you want to do. Because, so, I mean, you can, try to, you can try to push that bag in, but if you miss it a little bit left or right, 
you're probably gonna, you're going to push that bag in, but your bag's going to go a little left or right of the hole, and then you might not be able to get it. So, but the whole thing is that's the block is probably one of the hardest shots of the game because if you don't get that block in the right spot, then somebody has room to go around it, and that's going to happen. So, <laughs> so how how do you how do I block your shot in cornhole? Like, say I, say I push a, you know, say I try to slide a bag, but I don't quite get it right up to the hole. Say it's like maybe like right there, like in front of the hole, not even hanging in, but it's in front. But say they're thinking, okay, well, I could try to push through it, but it's a little far back from the hole. So maybe I'll try to block it and then I'll make them have to go up for the airmail. Well, I mean, that's great in theory, as long as you properly block that bag say you put that blocker a little left or right, well, now I can get around your bag and still push my bag in. So kind of, you know, you, it, and it's a lot, like I said, what everybody's comfortable with and what their type of game is. Like everybody plays a different game, believe it or not. <laughs> How are you sort of optimizing your game? And I, before we move too far, I, I got to go back and ask, how are you checking out all the different bags? How are you deciding what kind of bags you're going to bring to the tournaments where you can bring your own bags? Um, I, it's just a lot of trying to throw with different bags. I mean, we have like a couple people that we know in our Cleveland area that make bags and they've given us sets to try out. And so like, like the thing is with the bag manufacturers, this is a whole nother thing that we're getting into because everybody wants you to throw their bags. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's been kind of important for them too, from a perspective of selling bags, because the more people that they have throwing their bags, you're kind of advertising for them. So like, for instance, when I threw at the ACL Cobbs on ESPN, I threw Jeff Reynolds' bag. So that's what I had on TV, and that's what everybody saw, and a couple other people actually threw them there too. But, it, I mean, for them, that's huge right now because with the bring-your-own-bags, everybody that's making bags wants, like I said, they want everybody to throw their bags because that's good advertising for them. And when you're around at tournaments and everybody's asking you, oh, I really like those bags. Who are those? Where can I get those? Obviously, you're kind of helping advertise and sell for them too. So usually people are pretty eager to let you try their bags to see if you like them because they, you know, would love more than anything for you to throw their bags. <laughs> so it's easy, to, it's easy to be able to try out bags. Plus, a lot of different people you throw with at tournaments have different bags. So, you know, you can ask, okay, can I throw a little bit with these and see how I like them or whatever, you know. So it sounds like there's a lot of variance among bags. Is there also a lot of variety in, in the platforms? Like, Oh, uh, you mean the board? Yeah, and the boards. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it depends. I mean, there's a lot of board manufacturers out there too. Um, it depends what tournaments you go to and where they got their boards but, from. But they're all so. like a regulation size. They are regulation size, yes, but the quality is a little right. bit different in some. Of the wood so would give it a different sort of yeah, slip. and like if if it's not made of a really good solid wood, some of the boards will be bouncier, which is hard to predict what your bag is going to do. So some of them might not have the the logo of the college football team you support on them, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really care so much about that. <laughs> it, do, I just you, want is, I just want it to be a good solid board that you can actually predict what your bag is going to do, and it's not like you're going to hit the board and it's going to be like a trampoline and your bag is going to bounce over the hole. <laughs> what, uh, what What do you have at home? Like, what is your practice board? 
Um, I have the ACO boards actually that we play on mostly, and those are really, really good boards actually. They're they're pretty expensive, so a lot of us have sets of those, and they're very solid. Um, BG Boards makes a good board too, and a lot of people will have theirs, and I have like one set of those too. So. And how yeah. often are you practicing? Because I think earlier you said five times a week, but I wasn't sure if that was just getting started or if that's still kind of what you're doing. That was more when I got started, but I would still say on an average week, it's probably three to four days. And what does practice look like? Is that just you by yourself? No. Oh, no. Like, it's pretty much anything from playing in our, you know, league during the week or going to, like, we have a lot of bars in our Cleveland area, Akron area that have blind draws, like weekly blind draws, where you'll just go and, you know, you know, 20 or 30 people will show up, you blind draw partners and you play a tournament or, um, or it could be practicing in your yard. I mean, for us, for the Cleveland area, we have a limited time of year when it's nice out. So <laughs> right now we're still in that nice weather. So you can pretty much just go set up boards in the yard, but another month or two from now, that's going to come to an end. So <laughs> it's nice actually to be able to do this in the summer to just go be able to like, whenever you feel like practicing, just go set up some boards outside have a couple people over and play. Um, for us at least in Cleveland, we do have a lot of inside places we can play just based on the fact that we need to because of where we live. So um, we have people that have, you know, memberships at VFW halls and stuff like that, that we can go and like get a group of people together and practice. And, but like for us up here, like we have a lot of stuff going on all the time. So whether it be leagues or blind draws or tournaments, so it seems like there's always a lot of times there's something you can go play in if you want to. So is there anything you do to practice, um, you know, besides playing the game? Is there, like, s- some sort of exercise you do for the game? Do you feel like you have to stay in shape for it or anything like that? No, not really. No. <laughs> you know, I've had a variety of people on the show who have competed in a variety of unusual and interesting tournaments. And um, something I always ask them about, because I think this is true whether it's um, the World Series of Baseball or the World Series of Cornhole or the World Series of Microsoft Office, which is an episode we previously did, is um, sort of the mental focus is like actually, I think, pretty similar across all those things where um, you have to, you know, get serious and focus and uh, compete at a high level, potentially on television. And I'm wondering how you dealt with that. Was that something you were nervous about? Um, is that like another thing that you have to prepare for? Oh, it's definitely a huge part of this game because you can practice, practice, practice all you want and get your throw down. But when you get out there in front of a bunch of people and you haven't done that before, it's, yeah, it's very stressful. <laughs> and, you know, my first couple of tries at it, I didn't really do well. And it was nerve wracking. I mean, it really was, but you, you learn. And, and actually the more you get out there and play in the big tournaments and play in front of people, the easier it gets. But that whole part of it is, is staying focused because whether you're playing in your backyard or whether you're playing in front of 300 people or 350,000 people, I mean, you have to go out there and it's just you and that board. It's you and that hole. You just, I personally just look at that hole and I try not to look around. I try not to even notice there's anybody there. 
other than me and the person I'm playing against. So, but I mean, it takes, it does, it takes a while to get to the point where you can just block everything out around you and just focus. And I mean, honestly, the ESPN threw me a little bit for a loop. So <laughs> that was, that was a whole new level of, although, although there weren't that many people, like, I mean, there were enough people there sitting and watching, but it's the whole, like in the back of your head, you know, that this is, on TV right now, and you have no idea how many people are watching it, all your friends, all your family, everybody you know is sitting there watching this right now. <laughs> and it's hard to get out of your head. It really is. But you have to. You have to try the best you can to do it because, I mean, everybody will, everybody will tell you this game is, I mean, it's huge to the practice and getting, you know, consistent. But that mental part of it doesn't matter how good you are at throwing the bags. If you can't get that mental part of it down, you're never going to be able to get in the big tournaments. So, and, and these big tournaments, they're both singles and doubles, right? You mentioned, yeah. I think, you'd, and you've competed in both. Yes. So yeah. do you have, what's the difference between the two? Do you have a, a preference between the two, like which format you like to compete in? I I prefer singles. I like singles. I, I love it. Um, I, I know it's a lot of people don't like singles because you don't have that other person down at the end of the other end of the board, like helping you figure out shots and, you know, calming you down when you're nervous. But I don't know, there's something about playing singles that's just, it's just you, you know, you don't have anyone to blame but yourself. You don't have anyone to turn to but yourself. You have to be mentally strong to get through that game and you have to be good on both sides of the board. Like a lot of people that prefer doubles, they like doubles because they're only good on the outside or they're only good on the inside. Well, singles, you have to get good at both sides. Like you have to be able to throw, walk back and forth and throw. And sometimes the games are long and grueling. I mean, you could have a game that could last a half hour and you just mentally got to get through it. So, but I love that. I think it's, I think it's great. <laughs> I mean, I love doubles too. Don't get me wrong. State like, when Stacia and I played together and we were like winning a bunch of stuff, I mean, that's so fun having the other person at the other end and you both are doing good together and winning stuff. And it's, yeah, that's great too. So, but I'd say if I had to pick what I love more, it's probably singles. Is your doubles partner, do they play the same style as cornhole as you do necessarily? Or do they bring like a, a complimentary style to the table? Yeah. I mean, most of the people that I've played with have kind of been opposite of me. So, <laughs> but that's good because like, and you, you both have your different strong points and you get to, I mean, the whole thing about playing with somebody and playing with somebody on a regular basis is getting to know how they are, you know, like it really doesn't even matter so much if you're the same or different, just getting to know how that person plays and, you know, maybe when they're doing something wrong, you got to be able to tell them, okay, like this is, you know, you need to fix this or maybe you need to fix that. Like, and it takes time. It takes time to build that with somebody you play with. So it's fun how you're participating in a sport that is like obviously still growing and people are really starting to take notice of um, what do you think needs to happen over the next few years for cornhole to keep growing? What would you like to see happen? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I'm not the person that's working on that. <laughs> you just like to play the game. I just like to play the game. I hope they figure it out. <laughs> but who is they? Who Who is the person working on that then? 
I mean, you know, that right now it's the I think the ACL is making huge progress. I mean, they just made the announcement that they set the dates for all the nationals for next year and like are gonna have the ESPN on board again and I mean that's like huge to begin with. So I mean getting getting this on T V is what we need to do because I mean, we've had, I mean, it had great ratings. So if we can keep this going and keep more people, you know, noticing this game and getting into it, it's going to keep growing. So, and then, you know, slowly sponsors are going to come along the way. And it's, you know, I mean, anything could happen in the next couple of years. It's kind of, it really is actually a very exciting, like a lot of us have played for a very long time to get to the point of seeing it go in this direction. So hopefully they keep making progress in the forward direction and it's good for all of us. <laughs> but no, me personally, I have, I'm, that's not, I'm not on that side of the game of cornhole. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the player that's hoping they figure it out. <laughs> what would you say to someone who enjoys cornhole? That's a lot of people. A lot of people play and enjoy the game, um, but has not considered watching it on TV or watching, you know, uh, high-level cornhole, what would you tell that person? Like, why should they watch it? What's exciting about watching the game? Um, I don't know. It's something different. It's, I guess it's something, if you haven't really watched it before and you don't really, like, you just thought of it as a backyard game, I think it would be interesting for you to watch it to see that it does go to a whole different level that maybe nobody realizes it does. So, I mean, and, you know, from the perspective of everything else, I mean, all the other sports and games started somewhere. I mean, this is this is hopefully our start of something. So, and not to say it can't be. So, I mean, who knows? <laughs> do you have any advice for that casual tailgating cornhole player? What can they do to up their game? Um, If you really want to, you know, consider getting good at the game, practice start out practicing a lot so because you need to get that consistency and throw a flat bag i mean those are the two huge things to start out with because you can't you can't throw that tumbly bag or that scrunched up bag or whatever and be consistent with it you need to practice and get consistent with getting the bag in the hole now that you've kind of done that work and built that muscle memory and have that consistency, um, is this something you anticipate competing in for a while? Oh, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I, I love it. I love playing it. So, yeah. And, and, you know, once you get that, like once you get that, the basics of the game down, there's still so much more, like I said, that goes into it, just the strategy and the mental part of it and and no matter how good you are, there's always something that you can get better at or something that you can work on. So, I mean, unless you are like the best person in the game and win every tournament, there's always there's always room for improvement. So, um, this cornhole is not your full time job, I believe you mentioned, right? It is not. <laughs> One day, perhaps. But do your coworkers? I wonder, do your coworkers? Do they know about this secret life you lead as a cornhole champion? Yeah, most people do, and if they didn't, then they know now after the whole ESPN thing, so <laughs> it's fun. No, it's fun. It's like, it kind of does make it more stressful when, like, everybody you know that everybody you know is watching you, and 
until then, you could kind of just, you know, hide in the background and, you know, you could choose to tell people when you do good in something or not. Or <laughs> now I think it's going to turn more into, you know, maybe you're in everybody's eye a little bit more and you can't really hide the fact that you lose or, <laughs> well, but that's good. That makes you work a little harder at it because, you know, everybody wants to win. So <laughs> I mean, I think the takeaway for most people will not be, oh, she lost. It'll be, oh, she's competing at this high level oh, yeah. cornhole tournament. Like the, 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 the notable thing isn't that you lost is that you're doing this thing at all. Like this is no, a, I know. A, an unusual yeah. thing, right? No. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's huge. And I know everybody knows that, but you know, as a competitor, you know, you always have the, you could have done better in the back of your head. and <laughs> But you can't, the whole thing too with the game is you can't, you can't lose and give up. So, I mean, losing is actually good sometimes. It puts things back in perspective and it shows you that you do have things to improve, obviously. And the whole thing with this game is too, once you get to a certain level, I mean, anybody can have a great game at any time, you know, like anybody can beat anybody. It just depends on how you throw at that given moment. So, and if you're not happy with how you threw, then you figure out what went wrong, fix it and change it for the next time. So are there any other games you compete in or things where, uh, you know, you kind of get that competitive thrill or is cornhole that outlet for you? Um, I don't know where I would squeeze another one in. Like maybe maybe words with friends or something like that. Um, no, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm actually a TV and movie fan, so when I'm not playing cornhole, I'm probably relaxing in front of the TV and watching some movies or TV shows or whatever. So, because we're so go 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 all the time that the time off that I have from cornhole and I, the days I choose not to play, it's actually days I would prefer to spend relaxing or. <laughs> well, let's say someone listened to this interview and now they're very interested in watching cornhole. I hope that's true. I think it probably is. Um, what would you recommend? Is there like a particular match or something you would suggest for someone who is curious that they go online and check out? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would say you search any of the stuff from the summer, from July, because, I mean, there were so many good games and matches, and not even just talking the stuff that was on ESPN. There were so many Facebook Live videos, and even of, like, our women's games, and, I mean, it, and everybody, everybody, the whole point is when you get to that level of playing there, everybody's good, so there's a lot of good games and a lot of good matches, and, I mean, you could pretty much watch any of them and probably be pretty impressed with it. So, <laughs> is there a way people can follow you and look forward to your matches? Um, I, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I found you. I don't, I, yeah, I don't do Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, not yet, anyway. <laughs> so, people should keep an eye out for the American Cornhole League for Christine Papke competing in the American Cornhole League, which it sounds like you're going to do um, for. Oh, good time to come. Good, good, good luck at future tournaments. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. That was a HeadGum Podcast.